And away we go. It is the BCJ Podcast, presented by the Holy Grail, right here on BearcatJournal.com. Get your butt down to the Holy Grail. Get to the banks. It's exciting. The Reds are good, except for when they play the Brewers. Uh, Make sure you stop by and visit our good friends at the best sports bar in the city, the best bar in the city, as is regularly voted every year. Get yourself some delicious food, lots of cold beverages, and uh, visit our friends at the Holy Grail anytime you're down at the banks, especially before and after Reds games. All right, let's get this show on the road. It has been uh, an interesting day on the old internets as uh, news has been popping everywhere. Uh, maybe maybe we'll get an appearance from Dan Simon tonight. Not sure. We have uh, we've reached out, but uh, I, I don't know, Dave. Do we know what Dan Simon's uh, availability is this evening? Uh, he he did respond. I think he's I think he's going to be able to to join us. I don't not okay. sure on the timing yet. He's I mean obviously with what's going on now, he is supremely busy. But uh, it's, it's, yeah, we have, we have our own realignment expert. His name's not David Simone; it's Dan Simon, and uh, mm-hmm. he fills us in when the big the big news is happening around college sports. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. We we have, yeah. there's a lot of guys like that, y'all. That's I mean, it's been yeah. such a hot topic. It's been crazy. I mean, it, we've been lucky to be able to bring him on, you know, as conference realignment expert since there since there are so many of them out there. You know, for for him to to saddle up with with our you know tiny little site has been a, b- a big blessing. You'll you'll figure it out eventually, Grayson. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's get to it. We are starting off as uh, has been the case here for a while with our team ticker right there. You can see it. Team ticker. Big Twelve season preview segment today we will be talking about baylor team tickers a one-of-a-kind sports sign for bearcat fans it's high-tech retro display displays daily updates of the latest news stats schedules betting odds and much more no subscription required if you're looking for the perfect addition to your man cave or maybe even your dorm room or a dorm room for that special someone in your life that's going to be in clifton this fall or a gift for that special Bearcats fan, go to teamticker.com. Pick up your team ticker today. It is a local company started by two UC alumni. It plays the fight song at game time. So that's big. High-tech retro-looking display. It's officially licensed through the collegiate license com- licensing company and manufactured right here in Ohio. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Grayson, you like that? That is. That's really cool. Look at that thing. It's wow. got like seven yeah, minutes. Great. It's got like seven minutes of info that it puts up there. I've had to talk to the guys that own it. And I'm like, calm down. Like we're we're trying to get them to go to Bearcat Journal for info. You guys got it all right there. So uh, go to one stop shop. Yeah, go to TeamTicker.com and get yourself taken care of. We uh we we've got Baylor today, and we dipped in to our friends at the 365, the Sikkim 365 Network. Smoke and all those guys have been kind enough to. Uh, I've been on many, many, many times on the uh, on the show, and I said, "Hey, we need we need somebody to talk Baylor." He said, "I got a guy." 
I got a guy that knows everything. So here he is, Grayson Grunheffer. Did I get it right? Perfect. Yeah, that's perfect. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> and he's going to uh, give us a look at Baylor as we get going. Dave is our football expert, our, our X's and O's guy. So I will turn it over to Dave to get things going. Well, thank you. And thank you, Grayson, for uh, joining us. We're going to have a, a big show tonight. So happy to have you leading us off. Let's start right at the top. Quarterback from the outside looking in. It seems like Dave Veranda wants Blake Shapin to be the starter. Is he entrenched as the starter going into camp here in a couple of weeks? Or could Mississippi State transfer Sawyer Robertson take the job from him? No, guys. So, I mean, that was a hot topic, I think, for all Baylor fans. And, you know, you can get into the X's and O's a little bit and talk about what happened last year. Um, I think a lot of Baylor fans want to, you know, blame Blake Shapin at times for things that happened. But this team did not fall all on his shoulders last year. The defense took a huge step back. The receiving weapons weren't very good. Um, and so you you kind of move forward to this spring and you saw kind of a, a new guy, a, a new Blake Shapin. And a big part of that was leadership. And he did not have that last year. And now I think this is more his team. If you remember before last year, they had the decision between Blake Shapin and Gary Bohannon. Uh, they went with Blake Shapin, the younger, quote unquote, more talented guy. And it cost them a little bit in the leadership category, but I don't think it cost them at all in the win-loss category last year. But now this year, I think Shapin is more ready to be that guy and truly be the quarterback one for Baylor. And uh, he's the guy, Dave Randa mentioned it after spring football, uh, he's going to be their quarterback game one. Um, and then as far as Sora Robertson goes, it's going to be a process, guys. He's coming from an air raid offense um, where he wasn't asked to do a lot of the things that he's going to be asked to do in the Baylor offense. Um, so it just took him a little bit of time. But he's very, very talented and a guy uh, they won a, a recruiting battle against TCU head-to-head -head for him. So they're very high on his future as well. Richard Reese was really good at running back last year um, as a freshman. But the offensive line replaces a lot and a lot of experience in that. Will they be? Will they lean on Reese and Oklahoma State transfer Dominic Robinson, or will we see more of like a downfield passing attack, maybe until the line figures everything out? You know, I think a lot of people have been asking about the offensive line and. I really, I don't have many doubts about that unit. I, I do think it's a unit that's going to get better as the season goes on. But I mean, Eric Mateos, I mean, he was offered a job at Georgia a year ago to be their offensive line coach. Like this guy knows football. And if you watch the 2020 season, they couldn't block anybody. And then in 2021, when he got to Baylor, they took a huge jump in the right direction. So I trust him. I think they're going to be able to run the football. I think their offensive line got a lot better. Uh, by adding the two BYU transfers, the Barrington brothers. And I think in general, this is a unit that's much hungrier than last year's unit. I think last year there was complacency up front uh, because a lot of those guys were just, they were the, going to be the starter going into the year. They didn't have any competition. And I think that really affected them, especially in the early part of the season when they lost to BYU uh, specifically. Um, so, yeah, I'm not too worried about it. They're definitely going to rely on Dominic Richardson and Richard Reese a ton. Their principles are definitely going to stay the same, run the football, run wide zone, and then hit you over the top with play action. That's going to be their 
their bread and butter. They've done it the last few years, and it's really worked well for them for the most part. Yeah, you have Jeff Grimes as offensive coordinator. You mentioned the offensive line coach. I mean, those two guys really know offensive line play, and I know it kind of dipped recently. And then you're replacing some vets with, you know, like you said, the Barrington brothers transferred in from BYU. Um, so I wasn't sure just, you know, what the expectations were in in that world. Um, you mentioned receiver play. I know Keytron Jackson transferred in from uh, Arkansas. Uh, who else is are you guys looking to kind of elevate from last year and maybe take some of that pressure off of the two running backs? Because Reese is not going to be a secret anymore. He wasn't much of a secret halfway through the year, but everybody knows who he is now. So who on the outside should we watch for, for Baylor this year? So Keytron is the name I think everyone's going to kind of find out more about. Um, you look at his career at Arkansas, he was playing behind a lot of guys who got drafted in the NFL and just never really carved out a full-time role until late in the season last year. Um, Arkansas wanted to keep him, uh, but he was ready to move on, go to a different scheme. And Baylor honestly was a school that probably should have landed him the first time around uh, during his initial recruitment. So now he's at Baylor now. He's going to be relied on heavily. The other guy is Monterey Baldwin, uh, who was awesome last year. His problem was he just kept getting hurt. And plain and simply, when he was hurt, they had no one else that really could take that load off of you know the, the receiving core, the tight ends, and, and then off Blake Shapin. And so I think going into this year, you know, Keytron's big. Monterey Baldwin's another one. Uh, another year of Hal Presley. Uh, who showed flashes last year. I think he's going to be a lot better this year, a lot more experience. Josh Cameron played a lot last year. And then Jordan Neighbors, I think, is kind of the sneaky one that not many people know anything about. Um, but if you watch him, he's basically a Monterey Baldwin clone. And so you're going to have those two guys out there a lot, doing a lot of different things, whether it's you know carrying the football, jet sweeps, catches over the middle, uh, exploiting the defenses deep downfield. They, they can do a lot of similar things. So that's kind of what the receiving room is looking like now. Um, they've gotten a lot better from a year ago, and, and adding a true alpha like Keytron is definitely going to help kind of bring that group together. Um, and then also, you know, you can't mention Baylor without the tight ends. And Jeff Grimes has done a great job, you know, developing them, taking them to another level. And you have Drake Dabney, an older guy. Uh, you got some younger guys as well, like Kelsey Johnson. And then they brought in North Texas transfer Jake Roberts uh, as well to kind of anchor that room. So they're going to utilize a lot of those guys. They're going to utilize their receivers. And then uh, at times, they'll utilize their running backs as well in the pass game. Defensively, it was odd to see them fall off last year, given Aranda's track record. Metrically from even the year before, you know, the couple of years before, they were down across the board. Where do they need to kind of take the biggest jumps? Because I think there's a, a good amount of talent on this team on both sides of the ball. Where do they need to take the jump to on defensively to kind of get them in that conversation in November to, to possibly play in the Big 12 championship? I personally think it all comes down to their secondary. Um, they were really bad last year in the secondary. And a lot of those guys transferred out to other schools. It, just really didn't feel like they were ever a cohesive unit. And you saw it at times. And then I think on the flip side, you know, Ron Roberts is gone. He's at Auburn now. Um, and they brought in Matthew Pallage, who was at Oregon. Uh, he was at Baylor previously. And he's a safeties coach. So he's going to do everything he can to get that secondary to a point where they can be, you know, really productive. 
Um, I think the big changes from a year ago, last year they ran a lot of zone because they did not trust their safeties. They did not trust their cornerbacks and they just wanted to keep things in front of them. And while that's fine in theory, you're giving up so many first downs on third down. They weren't having success in the red zone. They were just on the field far too often and it really cost them. So this year you're going to see them play more press coverage. Um, you're going to see them be a little bit more aggressive uh, up front as far as creating a pass rush, um, which in the past, you know, the 2021 team, they were more about just controlling the line. They weren't about, you know, getting sacks or anything like that from the first level. They allowed their linebackers to do that. Terrell Bernard, Jalen Petrie types. This year, I think the defensive line is going to be more of a focal point creating pressure. And then they're going to press coverage a lot more on the outside. So if their secondary can come together, they're going to be awfully good. Um, but I do think that's still a pretty big question, even though they brought in a few transfers who should help some. Or that is the secondary like is the secondary guys that are going to be thrown into the fire, so to speak, or and guys that are coming from other schools. So you really have like no idea what to expect kind of situation. So they have essentially one returning starter, which is Devin Lemire, who was a redshirt freshman last year. And he's pretty good. Like, I, I do think that he at least gives them experience there. But everywhere else, I mean, so they brought in a Johnny Carter, who's going to play cornerback for them. He's a grad transfer from Utah State. He should be fine. Like, he, he should be a guy that you can count on. And if you've watched his film, he does some things. So I think those two are pretty firmly locked in. The other guys, I mean, it's going to be a lot of their first time playing major roles for uh, a college football program. You're going to have Chateau Reed probably playing one of the cornerback positions. Then you're going to have Corey Gordon playing the star, which is what Jalen Petrie played for Baylor in 2021. And then you're going to have Devin Bobby playing the other safety. And both those guys are redshirt freshmen. So they're very young, uh, inexperienced, but very talented. And I think the bigger thing is they're bought in. Last year's group had older guys that just simply were not bought in and did not perform at the level they needed to. I think these guys fit what they're trying to do better, but it's still a question mark. I mean, you're going in with young guys and you're just kind of hoping that the talent wins out, but it's still definitely something that they're going to have to uh, either fix or they're going to have to develop those guys very quickly. It's interesting. You, you mentioned like buy-in a couple times now and, Going back to Big 12 media days, Coach Aranda had some comments about like, and I, and from my standpoint, I'm sure from your standpoint, covering a team, like he was pretty brutally honest and like pretty transparent about what he maybe did wrong last year with, he I think he called it like trying to save guys. And did, did it just feel like there was a disconnect between him, his staff and the players and just kind of, you know, hoping that like trying to keep guys from transferring where now it kind of, his comments made it sound like he's like, if you don't want to be here now, go ahead. I'm going to get guys that want to be here regardless of whether they're three, four or five star transfer from Texas or transfer from Louisiana tech type of a situation. I mean, it was, yeah, I mean, it was a pretty deep problem last year, but I, I think it was more personally like, looking at it, I think a lot of it was the fact that they just were not a player led program last year. And that's an issue, you know, that their leadership never really came together at all levels of the field. And when you look at different rooms and different, you know, you, you got safety meetings and cornerback meetings, if there's not a leader in every single room, 
you, you, you run into problems because I mean, coaches can't see everything. They can't fix everything. You got to have leadership on the team. And I think, you know, last year that was a part of it. I think another part of it was what Dave Aranda mentioned. Um, they didn't want to over recruit their roster. So they didn't want to go out and add a bunch of transfers to take other guys spots. But you look in hindsight and Dave Aranda mentioned this, they should have done that. And they should have explored the portal, added guys who fit what they wanted and then just, you know, recruit over guys and make them compete for starting roles. And it really hurt them a year ago. And so now you're seeing a totally different Dave Aranda and you're, you've heard it. I mean, you heard it at Big 12 Media Days. He's like, hey, you know, we need guys who are bought into the program and we need guys who fit what we want. And we no longer can say, OK, this guy's battling back from injury. I'm sure he'll be fine for the season. Like, no, it's not going to work like that. They're going to bring in guys to make sure that they're going to be okay depth wise and leadership wise. And I mean, they attack the portal just about as aggressively as anyone outside of maybe Oklahoma state in the conference. And um, I mean, there's a lot of schools that had to, but Baylor really, really did. And they needed to. So what are expectations this year? Six and seven last year, you know, some really nice pieces, especially offensively coming back. Is it, you know, get to the Big 12 championship game? Is that too lofty? And then if that is the case, what are a couple of things that you feel need to go their way in order to, to maybe accomplish that? So, I mean, I think if you look at Baylor's track record, uh, odd years, Odd years are the years that they take advantage because they get the schedule turnover, right? Where you get five home games, four road games. 2019, they were in the Big 12 championship, lost to the Oklahoma team with Jalen Hurts. 2021, they won the Big 12 championship and then won the Sugar Bowl that and year. We and now are, it's another we odd are year. For, and the schedule turns over. And that win, by the way. Sorry to interrupt. We are forever grateful <laughs> for that Big 12 championship. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And I mean, that's just, yeah, that, that was a wild, wild year. Y'all getting into the playoff and it happening like that. So yeah, I mean, it's another odd year and Baylor takes advantage of odd years. At least they have the last two. And if you look at their schedule, I mean, it is extremely manageable and it's a schedule where there's a lot of opportunities for big wins, I think for this team. And I think the expectation in general though, is you want to see this team play a lot better. And so I think for Baylor fans, it's like, eight and four, eight and four is the expectation. But I think as we've seen in the past, you know, teams that go eight and four or that are expected to go eight and four, that can sometimes turn to 10 and two, just based on winning close games. That's how the big 12 is. You, you got to win those close games and the margins are so narrow. Like we saw with TCU last year, that it, even if you're basically like, I think TCU is probably a 10 and two quality team last year, but they finished, you know, they went, you know, they went 12 and 0 during the regular season. Like they won the close games. And so if Baylor does that, you know, they have a chance. I, I think if you look at the teams above them, there's really no one that I'm like, oh yeah, there's no way Baylor can beat them. I, I just don't see that on this schedule, nor in the Big 12 at all. Okay, so we are obviously not coming to Waco this year. You guys are are coming here. Uh, so one, are you going to be coming to the game? I won't be. I'm going to the UCF game. That's the road game that I'm uh, that I'm going to be. <laughs> a rookie, terrible decision. Um, you'll realize that probably five minutes after you set foot on campus. Um, oh. I don't know if you've had a oh, chance no. to interact with them yet. 
I have it. I have oh, it. Man. Not with UCF well, fans. Why? No, I'm. I'll, I'll just. We'll talk <laughs> after the game. After you get back from that trip. Not okay. I don't. I think you'll know why. Um. Okay. But okay. So you're not coming here. What it, like when we go to Baylor? Hopefully, you know who knows with teams coming in and out and what the hell's going on. But ho- hopefully next year. What are the must-dos for the Bearcat fans when they go to Waco and go to a Baylor game? That's a good question. I, I think, I mean, it obviously a lot of it depends what you're into, what you like to, to see and do. But I, I think, like, one of the main staples at Baylor, obviously the campus is beautiful, so just being able to walk the campus is nice. But, like, Baylor has what they, you know, the Bear Den, which is on campus and uh, they have two live bears that are actually on campus now. And it, actually, if you come next year, they're babies now because the two older ones that I, you know, when I went to school that were there, Lady and Joy, one of them passed and then they retired the other one. So now it's two uh, baby bears. And so they're going to be probably living in there by that time next year. So that's pretty cool. Uh, live bears on campus. That's always a kind of a, a favorite of fans. Um, I think outside of that, you know, yeah, what's up? We're from the Midwest. Alcohol. We want to hear about alcohol. Yeah. Can, yeah, I, buy a beer? can, I, buy, can I buy a beer at the game? Uh, you cannot, which is oh sad. That's Baylor, sad. I, I, I kind of I figured that. I kind of had the, yeah, the sense of that one. It's a dry campus. Yeah. So sadly, sadly, that, that's not uh that's not, that's not, you know, on campus. They're probably never going to sell liquor in the stadium, sadly, but Right off of campus, the most famous one that everyone goes to is George's. That's a local all-Waco. They have all the games playing there. They have Big O's, which is big. You know, it's a Big O kind of chalice of beer. And you can get Big O margaritas. You can get Big O everything. And that's that's really a staple. Every time I go to Waco, I love going there. It's perfect. Food's great. The beer's great. That's definitely a staple. And then tailgating-wise... I mean, y'all got to come by the Sikkim 365 tailgate, of course. Like, well, there's yeah. there's no other place. Yeah, so we have our own tailgate. It gets pretty big. We have, like, catering, and we have a bar out there and all kinds of stuff like that. So that's right outside the stadium. So you definitely have to come to that because that's, like, the best tailgate you could possibly go to at Baylor. Chad, you got anything for Grayson? Uh, no, I think that – Pretty much, pretty much handles everything. I, you know, uh, our Chip and Joanna at the uh, the Sikkim three sixty five tailgate. They probably will not be at the Sikkim three sixty five tailgate, but you'll probably get a cameo of them on the big screen for sure. They come to like every single game, um, and they're they're super active, super involved. And I know, I mean, of course, if you go to Waco and you have a an extra day, maybe like on Sunday or something, to go to magnolia or on friday or something you know go go to magnolia it's it's worth a little walk especially if you're there with your your wife or significant other all right all right uh do, do, do they do a 365 sick of 365 live tailgate show like, so they, we actually have yeah, it's on YouTube, but it's in it so we have two we, our tailgate is outside right across from the stadium and then our studio is like maybe three blocks down from the tailgate and it's indoor. And that's where we do our pregame, our postgame show. And um, that's kind of, that's where the 365 show is every single day. And uh, yeah, so it's, it's really close. We need to get a, 
you need to get a studio on campus, Dave, near campus, and work on that. There you we'll go. <laughs> the people wanted to know where was smoke today. We have a lot of loyal Sikkim 365 viewers here because they've they've been so kind and had us on. Like we've got a bunch of people hooked to you guys. Yeah, there Smokey's going to be on next week. I think he's on vacation for a little bit this week. I think Craig's going to be on vacation next week. So they're kind of taking turns here, but unfortunate because it's like one of the biggest news days you could possibly have. Yeah, that's usually how it works. When you go on vacation, everything happens. Right, right. It's yeah. So he'll he'll be back, I think, on Monday, I believe. Right. And he and Paul will be doing the show next week, I think. All right. Well, we appreciate it, man. It was great insight, great information, and uh looking forward to seeing uh Baylor here at Cincinnati this year. And uh you'll understand that you know you you messed up. But I get it. You going to Orlando, I, I understand, but the I, food the, it's the unfortunate here in Cincinnati are better than Orlando. I'll just tell you. Well, I, I'm from Indianapolis and my mom actually lived in Cincinnati for a while. So I've been to Cincinnati a couple times and I, you know, I, I love the Midwest and everything like that, but we could only make one work. And so, you know, chose Orlando. Right. What can I say? <laughs> Appreciate you, man. Thanks for coming on. Great stuff. And uh, maybe we will, uh, we'll have you back as we get to game week. Let's do it. Thanks guys for having me. Where, where can they find you on, on social media? Yeah, so my Twitter handle is uh, at Gray Grundhafer. And then I'm also, uh, I'm on the Sikkim 365 sports channel sometimes. And then also Crystal Ball College Football on YouTube as well. I talk realignment and just uh, all college football in general. All right. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Have a good one. Thank you, Grayson. Yeah, Dave, Chelsea wants to know, what's up with your, your connection tonight? Like, it's you look like you're in 1987. Like the picture's bad? Yeah, like really what? bad. How's the sound? The sound's good. You just I mean, look like you're you're in 1987. My, my screen looks fine. So I don't <laughs> see what you guys see. But I, I mean, it is showing me that I have like, I just did a speed test. And it is running pretty slow tonight for some reason. I closed down some other things. It doesn't seem to be working. So maybe just our connection's not very good tonight. All right. Well, I just, I was more, I mean, nobody wants to see me. I mean, that we, yeah, that's obvious, but um, I was just more concerned <laughs> that it wasn't cutting in and out, you know, audibly, no, audibly like it has in the past. Audibly, you're pretty good. It's the, the visual tonight that, you know, yeah, it's, it's been saying connections unstable like the whole time. So, all right. That segment, timestamp brought to you by Turtles Brew. Visit www.turtlesbrew.com for more information and locations. Portion of the proceeds go to Save the Sea Turtles. It's a zero sugar, zero carb, gluten-free, bourbon-infused sweet tea. They have cherry lime, raspberry peach, and orange vanilla. Serve, or, uh, you can buy it at 50 locations, uh, over 50 locations in greater Cincinnati. So just go to turtlesbrew.com for more information and locations. And uh, we will we will have Turtle on, I believe, next week, Dave. All right. And and maybe even introducing a uh, a new flavor of Turtle's Whoa. Brew. All right. They they said they wanted us to try Turtle's Brew just in the can, six percent ABV. It's an easy drinker. And then they said after we have one, then the second one you take and you 
put a shot of bourbon in the turtles brew. Uh, like people, I, I've seen people do that with like white calls. They take a shot of vodka and put it in the white claw. You take the turtles brew and you put a shot of bourbon in it and it gives you the extra, extra oomph if you're looking for something a little bit more than 6%. And I said, we have to do a podcast. Oh yeah. We, we can't be wasted unless you're Dave. You, you want to apologize to the people for your low energy last week? That was, that was a rough one. It was, it was like... <laughs> As you could tell, it was a little warm. <laughs> it was a little warm. <laughs> the last thing you wanted to do was be on a podcast. At that yeah, time. I will. I will 100% admit that. <laughs> Dave, what do you think? I think it's good. Yeah, I, think I it's went good. Dr- straight to the roof for the DJ show right when it was over. That was still outside. Like, was oh, it, it was like it was probably. I mean, I'm not joking. It was probably 20 degrees cooler out there. Because <laughs> you were up, yeah, it was up, and it was you caught the little, ocean breeze, a little breezy, yeah. I mean, it was totally different. So, uh, what do you want to talk about, Dave? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, what something going on? I I do just like before we get into it, the Portland Pickles are dragging the Pac-12. <laughs> I know. I, see I mean, they just they just sent out a tweet. You know, ripping the Pac-12's, you know, like, graphic with, you know, Pac-12 statement, logo, and everything. Basically saying that they have announced their move to the Pac-12, effective immediately. This is a wood bat college summer baseball league. Yes. Yeah, I mean, like, cold takes exposed is all over them. Uh, it's it's bad, Is I guess is one way to put it. Uh, I guess, you know, do you want to go there? Do we want to talk some more TBT first? What, what do we want to do? I mean, I get the people are here to hear. Uh, I, know, I, know. I know. So we'll, we'll, we'll get into it. So I, I want to try to keep this as on the rails as possible to start. Like okay. what we actually know, what we don't know. And then maybe we can. You know, maybe I can send out a you know send out a, a text and see if someone can join us. Um, but that you know, I was driving to pick up Will. Pete Thamel, of course, first one, tweets out. You know, basically, Colorado is you know wrapped up their board meeting today, and then instantly uh, scheduled one for tomorrow. Conversations with the Big Twelve, things of that nature. So he's not tweeting that out. Subsequent tweets by Ross Dellinger of Yahoo, Brett McMurphy of the Action Network. The list goes on of, of people that I would consider reputable news sources. It is kind of funny that the Johns have been quiet this afternoon. We wonder, you know, wonder what they're doing. No, they, they've tweeted a little bit. Um, <laughs> oh, have they? Yeah, it hasn't been great. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so... It sounds like, you know, the agenda's been put out for tomorrow. This is, in my opinion, a formality. They have to... Oh, we're done by now. They have to tell the Pac-12 they're leaving before they basically ask the Big 12 if they can come, and then the Big 12 will say, yes, you can come. Here's your invitation. Um 
So you, you kind of have to be out of the one before you can get into the new from like a procedural and protocol right. standpoint. Um, but this this is happening. They they are leaving the Pac-12. It started to become more and more clear on Friday uh, through last week when they're I don't know if he's their chancellor, if he's their president, whatever. I think it's chancellor. Basically said we need to see the numbers. And then at Pac in reference to their ongoing television contract negotiations. Right. And then at Pac-12 Media Days, Rick George, their athletic director, basically did the, hey, guys, sorry, can't talk, got to catch a plane, I'm late, got a meeting I got to get to. As soon as, as soon as he was done talking, you know, type is, of situation. Is, is Klyakov actually Moose? Mm. I mean, I don't know. I think Moose was more was better at what he did than than George had been. Um, but it, it's basically come down to the fact, and there have been people, you know, discussing this for a while. The shills and the and the water carriers, and even George Klykov, you know, we're close. We're working. Blah blah. There. I mean, I I I don't know this. Like, I don't know any of any of this stuff. For Colorado to make this move now tells me very clearly that there is n- there are no numbers. Like it's not like here's what we're being offered and they're going nope, go back and get more. Like there are not any there is nothing on they could not accept an offer if they wanted to because there is nothing to accept. There's no offer. Right. And I think Colorado finally got to the point where they which doesn't happen often in these situations. I mean, Arizona's still saying it. We we will not make a decision until we see what the deal is. They finally got to the point where they were like, we're not going to let you string us along. We are going to take control of our own situation and and make this move for the betterment of our athletic departments moving forward. How much of this do you think has to do with the fact that they signed Dion and even like people were talking about at that point that they didn't know where the money was going to be coming from? Well, I think Dion, I think the Dion thing matters a little bit. Like he wants to recruit Texas. He can recruit Texas at Colorado, but he recruits can recruit it a lot better if he's playing three games a year in Texas. I think it comes down to the fact that maybe Dion said, guys, or the AD said, guys, we just need to know, like, do we need to recruit California a ton or do we need to recruit Texas a ton? Because right now you're not, we don't have an answer one way or the other. And we're kind of in limbo here. Like I'm not going to go spend a bunch of time recruiting 2024 and 2025 kids in California. If we're going to move to the big 12 and vice versa. Like, if we're not, then I'm not going to spend as much time as I want to or think I should in Texas. Um, but it, it's it's a disaster. It's like, I've been in business. A lot of people that listen to this have been in business. What George Klykoff said on Friday about the longer we wait, the more money we're going to get and the more people are going to come to the table is one of the worst and most illogical business centric comments I've ever heard. 
if you and I are negotiating a deal and you're offering me X and I want Y, and we've been negotiating this deal for six months and we just can't see eye to eye on what the proper value is. If I go to the media and say, well, I'm just going to wait because the longer I wait, the bet, the more money I'll get. What are you going to do? Leave. <laughs> you're so, you're certainly not going to go in, in another month or something. Go, Oh, you know what, David? Now I see why you wanted that money. And now, now I'm going to give it to you. Like, it's one of the dumbest things I've ever seen in my life. From, from just a purely business yeah. standpoint. It, it doesn't, like, it never made any sense. I mean, they, they have over and over again, like, what was the joke last year on the, the, the or last week on the college football Reddit? It was like for the 384th day in a row, the Pac-12 was expected to announce their media rights deal today. Like somebody had the receipts on like, okay, here is uh, February 27th. Deal is coming soon. Here is March 12th. Look for something in the next two to three weeks. Here is April 2nd. Uh, you know, th final things are being finalized. And it, like it ran... For like a year where, you know, these people that for when people are dunking all over Stuart Mandel. Oh, right? well, I mean, yes, him, the Johns, the, the, the Washington state president looks silly. I mean, George Klykoff on Friday, it's Wednesday. We're not even seven days after he said, it's, n it's not my concern. I'm not concerned about anyone leaving. Yeah. Friday. Like, now, have you seen the spin on that? I think Canzano no. spun it as he knew what he was saying. What they're saying is we don't care if Colorado leaves. Of course. That's that's going to be the next play is that you'll start to see the, well, they're not good at football anyway, so blah, 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 blah. Or or we they knew they were going to leave anyway, so it doesn't really it doesn't change the equation for them. Um, whatever. I mean that that's fine. These the people that have said what they've said, it's you know, there's no talk, talk taking that back. There's no, you know, walking that back. It whatever. You you were wrong. You you know, you just just eat it. Like there's no shame in just saying like I was wrong. I got fed some I kept getting fed information that turned out to not be true. I'm sorry. Like it's not I, I was listening to the wrong people. It's not a big deal. Um but it, I feel like it puts them in an a awful, awful situation because they have said time and time and time again, we will do a media deal, then we will do expansion. Okay, right. with Colorado leaving, you have nine schools. If you're ESPN, if you're Apple, if you're whoever, why are you doing a deal with them right now? You have no idea who's in the conference. Yeah, there's no point in doing a deal. Like, it's not even about money right now. It's about, like, I'm not committing to something that I don't know. Like, these things take time. It's obviously taken them a lot of time. Um, <laughs> but, like, if I'm ESPN and I'm offering you this and you wouldn't take it, I'm not offering you that now. I mean, honestly, though, Dave, like, the ignorance here dates back to 
the day Oklahoma and Texas left the Big 12. Could have taken any Big 12 school they wanted. They they should have ended this years, two years ago, two and a half years ago. And they, in their arrogance, thumbed their nose at the Big 12 schools. Oh, you're not academically qualified to be part of this conference. So we're just going to stick with what we got. Yeah, I, I just, I don't know what deal is out there for them now. Like, if I'm ESPN and I offered you $20 million a year, why, why that deal is not the deal anymore. You are different. Right. So if you weren't taking that deal, I'm offering you less now. Are you going to take that? Because you're so, like, you're now so worried? Because, let's be real here. Outside of Stanford and Cal, because they operate in a different way, and that's fine. They and don't even out, know that they have sports. And outside of Washington State and Oregon State, because, you know, Brett Yormark has talked nonstop about you know, additive. Those, those properties, you know, I love the, I love both of them. Washington State, great fan base. Oregon State, great, like, really fun, cool schools. They're not additive. Outside of them, why would Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, Washington, and Oregon not be trying to get in to the the Big 12? They have to be in full panic mode right now. Yeah. I mean, the Big 10 is fine. Like, they don't need anything else right now. Well, they, they've already said, I mean, their commissioner said today or whatever that we're going to see how things go with USC and UCLA first. Right. Before we even have a conversation about expansion. Let's not forget that when the Big 12 signed their new TV deal, it also included that if you add other P5 schools – that you become, you get more money pro rata. Well, you so get the same. You get the same amount of money. You don't get more. Okay. No, it becomes more the for the conference. more for yeah. the conference. So well, everybody's yeah. going to be on the same page. So you you run far less risk than whatever it is the Pac-12 is still working on. Right. I mean, that's the thing. Is like, so if if another you know another school will eventually go, they're not going to sit there at thirteen when Oklahoma and Texas leave. So the 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 big the Pac-12 will be at eight, and they will backfill. What what is the value of of those teams that they backfill with? To GMAX to says uh, update new Pac-12 deal seventy million per year with the additions of Sam Houston, <laughs> James Madison, North Dakota State, and Eastern Washington per John Wilner, and that's actually seventy million per year for the whole for the whole conference. That's not seventy million per year. Oh, of course not. <laughs> and and that's that's a joke. We're oh yes, of course. Um, but it's like those schools have to be in total panic mode. Like they're, you know, who knows? Who knows when a deal will come? What if Brett Yormark has said like, yeah, we kind of just want to be at fourteen. Right. So there's one spot left. 
what if all the presidents are like, Brett, we love you. You've done great things. Um, but, we're, you know, let's take this. Let's, let's slow this down maybe a little bit and let's let's get a partner for Colorado. And then let's kind of just like get our bearings with these new members and and see what happens. I don't think that'll be the case because I think all these other schools are going to be uh, clawing to get out of the Pac-12. I mean, my personal opinion based on nothing of substance, which is basically how realignment speculation and reporting works, is I think at some point in time, Oregon, Washington, Arizona, and Colorado will be in the Big 12. So you're going to 16. So you're going to 16 with the understanding that Oregon and Washington would prefer to be in the Big 10, which is fine. I, there's, you know, whatever. We all have our goals in life. And that, <laughs> and that you, like, that's that's where you, the Big 12 is in a power position now. You You bring them in, say five years down the road, they get a chance to go. Well, guess what? Yeah. Guess who you can go add? Arizona State and Utah. <laughs> right. Because they'll be so tired of being in a conference with whoever the Pac-12 backfills and their dollars what? will be so, their dollars will be so short, comparatively speaking, they'll be dying to get out of there. Well, I mean what? San Diego State, SMU, Tulane, Memphis, Boise, UNLV, UNLV Fresno, yeah. like I mean, that's kind of, what I think, what you're picking from. That's a far cry from Oregon, Washington, USC, and UCLA. Not great, Bob. Not great. That's that's all if there's no ACC movement or if they no one can figure out how to break that GOR. Sure. Aaron, do you want in? Like, I'll just I'll tag I'm, you. Like, I'm, I'm tagging in when I need to. It's fine. I'm, I'm solo now. <laughs> no, now I got le- now I got left box. No, back to right, back to right box. Easy, easy. Now easy. we don't want to put you in the driver's seat with that connection. Back to right box. Um, but it's it's a I mean, it's a bad situation. Uh, I I feel for some fan bases. We've been I in don't. that. We, I, don't. I, I feel for some some. Like, that's terrible for for Oregon State and Washington State. Like we've we've been in that spot. I don't feel bad for the people on Twitter or the reporters that you know have shouted for a year that this will never happen. Like never's a never's a strong word. Like you, you especially follow- when the writing was on the wall, Dave. All of us saw this coming, and they didn't. Well, that's the thing. Is like you've been following college sports for how long, and you're going to sit there and tell me that like there's zero percent chance that Colorado would go back to the conference that they used to be in? Has there ever been a a more definitive set of hires in college sports than Brett Yormark and George Klykov? Like it, it, like this. Like, it was already kind of shifting that way. What was the guy's name that ran the Pac-12 into the ground? Larry Larry Scott. Larry Scott. Like, it was already starting in that direction. But, my God, I've never seen a more, like, uh, immediate fork where one conference went this way and the other one, like, took a left turn at Albuquerque and now New Mexico is going to be in their conference. I mean – 
I see what I did there? I did. It's pretty good. I thought that was, pick, I just thought of that right off the top of my pick, head. Picked him up on the way, huh? But like, I mean, Larry Scott did a lot of messed up stuff, but I mean, this is all, this is kind of all on George. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's pretty wild to think back to the jumping of the Pac-12 in the media rights pecking order set this domino off. And you, we can joke and laugh about, you know, playing in Mexico or Rucker Park, you know, a two-hour clinic in Rucker Park, and does that matter at all? And, and you know, we can have those conversations. But, like, honestly, one thing that Brett Yormark has done truly matters, and it was getting out ahead of the Pac-12 in this. Because, again, I'm not – I can't say for a hundred percent certainty, but it, I find it very hard to believe that if they had hired a commissioner who fit in that box of commissioners past who were administrators at a school and then became, you know, moved their way up and became a, a conference commissioner and just did the whole, like, well, we'll wait our turn because that's what we always do. There's a pecking order here the Big 12 would absolutely be in the same position that the Pac-12 is in. Maybe a tad bit stronger position than the Pac-12, like, as they are completely falling apart, but I don't disagree. I just like, mean if from, Pac- like, a... If the I Pac-12 mean- got the deal and the Big 12 was looking to find something, like, the only thing that I would say that would make it a little bit different is, is it, it is a conference that has a lot more people that care right about football than the Pac-12. I just so, mean from the standpoint no, of no, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Holding the bag waiting for a deal. I'm not saying they would have been like taking schools, but like No, no, no. I'm talking about the media from the from the media deal perspective. If the Pac-12 got the deal first, yes, the Big 12 would have been in a world of hurt. I don't think they would have been in as bad a world of hurt as the Pac-12 is right now. Because you were still more central time zone, so you weren't isolated on an island, and you would have found somebody that was going to broadcast those games because those fan bases do give a shit. Sure. Where in the Pac-12, there's a bunch of fan bases that just don't fucking care. So media people are going to, the media rights people are going to be like, look, you can't even get your own fan base to care about your games. What? Why are we going to put you on TV? Yeah, it's um, you know, it'll be interesting. Like, you know, I, jo, jo, you know, and this we kind of touched on this earlier. Joe asked, "Do they add SMU and San Diego State tomorrow?" I mean, they should. But I, I, don't I don't think I, I don't think San Diego State can leave now for a couple more years because of the well, stupid I mean, shit that happened a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, they could say they could say we're leaving, but they would have to pay penalties. To yeah. do it any sooner that than they like, can't afford, right? They'd have to pay penalties to do it any sooner than 2025. Their deadline was July, was whatever it was, June 30th, June 30, whatever, was to be able to start playing in 2024, to be in that 
you know, typical right. like 18 month uh, window. So sure, they could they could leave and start in 2025. Good luck. And it's going it, to like that was the thing that everybody talked about with San Diego State is if they don't leave by this date, they can't afford to leave. And, and here, here's the here's the thing, too. Like, yes, the Pac-12 is still I won't say no matter what, but like would San Diego State still leave? Sure. But it's it's still going to be better than the Mountain West. Well, no, but we don't know that. Like, if when you that's, add, that's my point. Is add is, the money to it? We don't know that. Is but is what happens? What happens if my nuclear thing actually happens? Right. Would say w- truth serum. Would San Diego State rather be in the Mountain West? Because we have no idea what a Pac-12 TV deal would 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 be if Arizona, Oregon, and Washington weren't a part of it. So would, do they want to make – or like they're probably nervous. Like do we really want to make this move? We don't know if, if these teams are going to – these teams might not even be in the damn conference by the time we can start playing in it. It might just be the Mountain West. Yeah. Plus, yeah. <laughs> with, plus with Oregon State and Washington right. State. Cal and Stanford. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But but that's Klykov and and those guys that screwed San Diego State even. They can't even get expansion right because they don't have their ducks in a row. Yeah, Klykov got got, not only did he get his lunch money stolen, he got beat up. I did I did like this when I I was reminded that uh, at one point in this whole process he said that. Having Deion Sanders at Colorado will only make our league more appealing. In reference to a media uh-huh. deal, which we made fun of because, like, a, hiring a coach isn't. ESPN's not going to all of a sudden be like, "Oh my God, you hired Deion! Here's a hundred million more dollars." Right. But he actually said that. <laughs> so it yeah, makes it, it makes it that much more hilarious. That now that right. they're they're leaving, and he was using that as like a here here's my PowerPoint deck, uh, top ten reasons you should give the Pac-12 a bunch of money. Number four, Colorado just hired Dion. Uh, excuse me, <laughs> sir. Uh, D- Colorado is no longer in your league. Uh, scratch number four. Right. It's uh, it's the like it's worse than the Big East mismanaged things like and we saw like that's the thing we saw this all happen we were there we watched it happen to us and it just i mean yeah it's a little bit different because of the different you know the the basketball schools and the 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 football schools and like there was a different element there but from a mile away you could see that the Big East was about to, to be screwed. And the people on the inside, Cincinnati being one of them, maybe being the main one, at that point said, we're going down with this ship. I mean, and, and these Pac-12 presidents and chancellors and media folks are, are all watching as the thing is capsizing 
and going down. It's just wild to me that, I mean, and maybe because I'm not in it and it's because we've watched this from our vantage point for so long. Like, it's wild to me that you op- you start negotiating the television contract almost a full year ago. I mean, we are five days away yeah. from last year's media day when George K said, we haven't decided if we're going shopping at the Big 12 yet or not. <laughs> we are a year away from when they started this negotiation for a new television contract. Yep. And these presidents and ADs are so blind to their love of conference and love of each other that none of them woke up one morning and was like, you know what? If we were that valuable, we'd have a deal by now. Someone would be willing to pay us what we want. Things that are coveted do not go unsold for this amount of time. Right, right, right. That, like, that's not how selling things works. If so, you have something that people want to buy, they buy it. If you have a, a car that nobody wants to buy, guess what? It just sits on the lot. And you need to adjust your price to reflect the market value that is being shown to you. And they have clearly not done that. They, they see their value differently than the rest of the market. And I think Colorado just set the first, you know, bit, bit on fire being like, you know what guys? We've had enough. Best of luck. We're going to go over here. It's not ideal because if it was ideal, we wouldn't have left in the first place. But this is a fucking tire fire and we don't want to be torched. Right. I, I, I'm just trying to like gauge like what the response is inside that conference right now. Like what, you know, they're all, well, here's the thing about Colorado though. They were always the most likely, right? Yeah. Like if we really thought about it, they didn't have loyalty. No, they were in the pac 12 because what were they doing? Chasing money. Yeah. Because they thought they were getting ahead of, yeah. The Big 12 falling apart. When Nebraska and Missouri and Texas A&M left. Yeah. Wow, this is this is short term. They're not going to make it. We're going to get out. So they were never all in. Like all this talk, and I'm sure some of it is true. I'm sure Cal and Stanford and, you know, a couple others were like, look, we're in this together. We, we've been in this for the long, like we, we're, we're going down with the ship. Colorado barely, Colorado didn't barely even had their bed made in their room at this point in time, like by now. Of course, they were going to be the one that starts to get jumpy and looking back at their ex, who's hot now. <laughs> the Big 12, epitome of stability. Couldn't have said that uh, a, few year, a few years ago. And it's all the Pac-12's fault. They had it all right there. They could have stuck the knife, twisted and turned, 
and the Big 12 would have been non-existent. I mean, you, you really, they really could have killed a conference. And they said, we're too good for that. We, we, can't now, be, we can't be bothered with Texas Tech. Are you kidding? Yeah. Today they were put into hospice. Yeah. So, it's I mean, it's, and it's now the, now the like, now I think is when it gets fun because this isn't over. No. Like, now you got people, you know, cutting each other to get to the front of the line. Yeah. Because they don't know where this is all headed. Um, and they're nervous. I guarantee it. They're nervous. Absolutely. Like, absolutely. Everybody now, like, musical chairs has started. Like, if you're Oregon and you're a national brand. Yeah. And and you're like, we have no idea if the Big Ten will ever come calling. I mean, you have to be like, we have to get out of there. We have like I just I don't know what these I don't know what they're what they're doing if they're not like you know literally on the first lifeboat off the Titanic. Yeah, because I just, I mean we've said it before. I know we have people joining at different times, but like I don't know how you get a, a TV deal done anytime soon. Now, right, and I don't know like. I don't know those offers that were if the, if there were offers out even, even if there were offers out they're not the same offers now. No, like everything is changing. Yeah, this is like so when, when you're doing a trade. You know, I, I, this reminds me of like it's not apples to apples, but like the Carson Palmer trade. Yeah, you know the Bengals could have traded Carson Palmer in the summer, and they might have talked to the Raiders about him. And said, yeah, we'll take this for him. And then when Jason Campbell gets hurt and the Raiders were like, uh, yeah, you still want to do that trade? They're like, oh, yeah, we'll do the trade. But now this is what we want. I'm like, right. you know, the terms have changed. Yeah, you had your chance at the at the, the discount deal. Like, the sale ended two days ago. Yeah, so I'm, I'll be eager to see when the when the first like you know the, the first you know, we're hearing that the you know my sources are telling me that the Big Twelve is close to a, a deal. <laughs> so that should be fun. But let's see, what is Thrifty Walrus? Would it make sense for the Big Twelve to just or offer Oregon and Washington a deal? That they can leave penalty free anytime if a better deal comes along. Uh, no, because if a better deal comes along, they'll have no issue paying whatever they negotiate right. down to. I mean, they'll be more than doubling whatever they, uh, you know, say they go to the Big Ten. They will be more than doubling what they would have made in the Big 12. So they will have no issue negotiating, working the negotiation down from whatever the exit fee is. You know, the, the Big 12 would, in my mind, let them negotiate that down. Um, and then they would go on their way, and the Big 12 would be would be very happy to have had them, I imagine, for whatever amount of time they were in the conference. And then they go get, you know, if they want, they go get two more teams. 
to, to fill those spots if they're trying to get back to 16. Yeah, and like even like you know, if there's a grant of rights, like this deal is only five years, Dave. So like six, five, six years, whatever it is, like it's not like you're locking in like the the ACC did. No, you're not in. You're you know, not in the same years. Not in the same situation. Yep. I mean, Brian Brian Fisher just tweeted, or he tweeted it three hours ago. A guy from Fox Sports, but it, <laughs> it got it got it finally got retweeted and showed up on my timeline. The Pac-12 has had multiple opportunities to end the Big 12, and yet here we are with the Big 12 trying to land a knockout punch before the end of the round. Look, they won. They had the fight won. And they decided to, like, just stay in their corner and, and stop fighting. It's the dumbest shit ever. Yep. You had your chance to kill a conference, to, to, to put a fork in the competition and take this thing from a power five to a power four, and the arrogance of the Pac-12 said, "No, the, yeah, we're, I mean, we're too the, good. the, we're the too Pac-12, them. the Pac-12, let's let's you know, the Pac-12 had the Big 12's deal on the table. Yes, we took their deal. Basically, is what happened. Yes, but we they had our deal on the table, and they were floating out information that their numbers and everything tells them that they." They should be more in line with what the Big Ten is getting. And they they set these unrealistic expectations for their uh, presidents and athletic directors and, you know, got, the, got starry-eyed and whatever. And the Big 12 said, well, shit, if they're not going to take the deal. Let's go take it. Because it's still a good deal for us. We're losing our two biggest properties and we're we're not even going to backslide. We're going to like make more money. So yes, we're going to take the deal. We're going to stay on ESPN and Fox. We're going to take the money. We're going to take the stability. We're going to do all those things, and we're going to put them in a bad spot because they've told their constituents that we are worth this, and that this is a bullshit deal, and that we cannot accept this. And Thrifty Walrus says, imagine making some uh, such a dumb decision because of academics, the pure irony. Actually, I think it was, I don't think it was academics. What was it? Texas. We are <laughs> California and we don't want to be associated with Texas. Yeah. I mean, I think it was cultural. I think they, they. I don't think it was academics. Like it's not like the Pac-12 or the Big Twelve academics are awful. <coughs> are they Pac-12 level? No. <coughs> but I think it was cultural. We're we're not going to be associated with the Southwest. Yuck. Well. Yuck. Yeah. Baylor, a Baptist school. Like. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's just it, it's not, and and that matters in in, and that's why the Colorado thing was such an easy play to see work out. Is they've already associated with all these schools before. They, right, had no, they already knew them. They had no problem being in a conference with Oklahoma and Oklahoma State and Kansas and Kansas State and back then Missouri and Nebraska, Texas. Like they had no they had no issues with that. So it's not a it's not a thing for them to to make this move. 
Right. It was a move that was made for money. And now the money was about to fall apart. Of course Colorado was going to reverse if the Big 12 will take them back. Of course. You know the funny part about all this? What's that? Who was considered to be behind moving Colorado to the Pac-12 in the first place? The Bone Zone! <laughs> George Klykoff, you have entered the Bone, the bone zone. zone! You've been boned. George Klykoff just got boned. He, I mean... <laughs> oh, man. I'm not going to be able to sit down for weeks. Just got... George Klykoff just got boned. It's, Scott brings up an interesting point. Is He wonders if Oregon and Washington may not have let them accept the deal because they were trying to get out. Um, I mean, maybe very well could be the case. Because they, you know, if the deal was, if they would have accepted the deal, they would have likely had to sign, sign a grant of rights, which would, have then, which would have then tied them to the conference for the uh, duration, you know, we know how that works, especially with what's going on in the ACC. Yeah. Wrong button. Man, you're really having a time. That would that would be gangster if that's the move your mark made. August first, take it or leave it. Like after August first, our our options are different. That make your decision yeah. because it's Colorado. Who fucking cares? Right. Like they're they're not a big deal. Like, okay, we'll take you back. Um we'll we'll do this because it's you know it's 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 overall the best long-term move. Yeah. But ultimately, we don't care. You're here, you're not here. August first. Deals on the table. Get in or get out, one way or the other. That would make sense, right? And I'm I assume, I'm gonna guess that he and the in the Big Twelve had an idea that that there is no deal for the Pac-12 to sign. So, you know, if you put a con, if you do put a, a deadline on it, you know, it makes them say, okay, like we have no deal to agree to. Right. How long is this going to play out? And when we yeah. do get a, when we do finally get a deal. There's who's to say it's a bad one, not a bad one. And now we're now we're stuck. Now you're stuck. Yeah, you're stuck with a bad deal. So yeah, it's it's a messy situation. Um, hold on, I gotta someone's calling. Hold on. Okay. You do what you gotta do. I'm sure I'm sure Dave will be back uh, momentarily. I know, I know he wants to talk about the uh, the TBT. I know he's been excited about it. So uh, we'll get Dave back in here shortly. But, I, I mean, all of this is just fascinating. You knew that something was going to come to a head as the, the Pac-12 kept lying. Like, that. that's what it came down to. If you followed this closely enough, they were just lying over and over and over again that – that they had something in the works, that something was finalized, that something was ready to go. 
that something was imminent. It's always imminent. We're going to announce it at, at this marker. We're going to announce it at that marker. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Uh-oh. Dan! Dan oh, Simon! Oh, oh, sorry, I'm going to have to call you back. I'm going to have to call you back. Bye. Dan, Dan, Dan Simon! Ch- Chad, it's, it's good to see you, my friend. How you doing, my friend? Oh, man. What a wild day. Can you can it's, you believe a, can you believe this? It, it's been interesting. We we've um, I was on the radio today here in Cincinnati, and uh, you know talking Reds and Bengals and and a lot of a lot of stuff there. And then all of a sudden, Pete Thamel comes in and drops the bomb. And I mean, when Pete Thamel drops the bomb. You know it's done. It's I was done. Out, I was out on the yacht. And, you know, I saw it come through and I said, Captain, get me to shore. I've got to go talk to my friends at Bearcat Journal. <laughs> I've been I've been work working the phones, working, you know, my beepers blowing up. I, I you know, ev- everything getting calls from California, from Oregon, from Cincinnati, from Dallas. It, it's been a crazy afternoon. How much of this was set in motion uh, at at Pac-12 the day before Pac-12 Media Days when everybody was supposed to meet and the the Colorado Chancellor and the Colorado AD were like, look, we need some numbers. And George Klyakov was like, one plus one equals two. (laughs) Hey, man, you you know, you're you're a wheeler wheeler and dealer. It always comes down to to the numbers. And, And they just don't have them right now. And, you know, eventually, you know, eventually people are going to say shit or get off the pot. I got a school to run. I got an athletic department to run. And I can't be uh, beholden by your incompetency. Does this shake things to the core? Does the, in the Pac-12, does this shake things to the core where now everybody else is starting to look around and go, we're going to start thinking about ourselves. Like we can't. Go down on the Klyakov Titanic. Finished. Conference is finished as anyone who's followed intercollegiate athletics uh, in their lifetime knows it. It's done. Uh, Peter wants to know if you've been playing any golf with uh, Pac-12 presidents recently. No, not, I wouldn't know. Not with Pac-12. They don't have enough money to play golf with me. <laughs> are, you, are you kidding? I mean, they can't even get a damn television deal done. I'm not playing golf with them. I'm playing golf with guys like Brett Yormark. You see the shoes he wears. He wears the fancy shoes with the buckles on them. Guy doesn't even wear shoes with laces. He's too, he, he's, I mean, it, he's too fucking important that he doesn't even have time to tie shoes. He has to wear shoes that slip on so he can get out and make the deals. <laughs> oh, man. Um, it, what's next? So what comes next here? What what comes next after tomorrow? It's pretty evident that tomorrow we're going to hear that Colorado has issued their uh, termination or resignation or whatever in the Pac-12. Yeah. yeah. What do you think, think the timeline is to come? I think your timeline is tomorrow executive public meeting. I believe you have to make it public when you're doing something like this, although you can then take it into executive session and it's, I don't know, who knows? It's, that's, 
that stuff's boring to me. I'm, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the steak dinners and the lobster and, and the money changing hand. Uh, but yeah, they'll leave they'll leave the Pac-12. They'll say, "Hey, good times. See you later. We're uh, we're going to come to the Midwest and the and the Southwest and and get us some steak dinners." And by Friday, I think there's an announcement. You know, maybe not an official announcement from Colorado, but I think it's all well and good and done. And then next week we'll have the song and dance and the and the things of that nature. And then it's a you know it's a Royal Rumble for the, for the wrestling fans out there. It's the last man standing to see who who follows them because I just I don't know what like if not what are you doing what are you doing 14, 16, 20? like where are we going here that's a good question I don't know I mean are that's you, why are, I you asked it. are you the first are, are they the first conference to just say let's go to twenty and get and and put ourselves in that position. Uh, I'm not sure that there is eight worthy te- eight, w- excuse me, eight worthy athletic programs departments. Once Texas and Oklahoma leave, to to truly, you know, make that kind of a move worthwhile. I think you're then as as uh, my guy By likes to say, now you're being dilutive. So. You know, we're always trying to be additive, and I'm not sure those properties exist outside of uh, a handful of others that are available at the current moment. That is the other thing. Why go to 20 now? You could have some properties become available, say, around 2035. Maybe sooner. I don't know. Disney's looking to spin off ESPN. If if those people on the uh, Atlantic coast have good lawyers, maybe sooner. But uh, you know, conservatively speaking, 2035, 2036. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not interested in going to 20 right now because you know, maybe uh, some of those guys want to want to join us in in a few years. The Big 12 might be on their third TV deal by then. Could be. Could be. But the price uh, of poker keeps going up. It's a it's a fun day. I love it. I'm I'm very eager to to get on the twitters later. See all the uh, the water carriers and the shills. That have been uh, doing some some dirty, dirty ass things for the last year, being uh, you know pretty loose with their comments and uh, ready to watch them squirm a little bit. Ready, to, ready to see some people pull some receipts. It's going to be entertaining. What's the uh, what's the game of choice tonight when you hit the tables? Oh, we're we're going blackjack, big baby. I'll, always blackjack. Well, yeah. Wish you luck. We got a we got a, a a trip to Reno in the works for next for next college basketball tournament. Look, looking at some properties out there. Uh, you know, got some got some people interested in making that trip. So you know, trying to bring it back to the old days. Vegas is is it's kind of different now. So we're we're trying to go back to you know, three two blackjack drinks every ten minutes instead of every half hour. We're, we're, gonna, <laughs> we're gonna you know we're gonna make a, a good trip out of it. The last time I was in Vegas, you couldn't find a cocktail waitress with a search warrant. I mean, it's all two—it's all two to one blackjack. Can't get a drink. Like that's not the way it's meant to be. So we're gonna—we're gonna go back to the go to Reno. Uh, Todd wants to know, Dan, what's your next? Uh, what's the next domino to fall? Who joins Colorado to go to fourteen? Because they're not gonna stay at thirteen. No, no. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go out to the desert. 
think we're I think we're gonna go to the desert first, unless unless one of the uh, you know unless one of those uh, pack north folks, if they if they want to you know put them on the table so to speak, they could uh, move themselves to the front of the line very quickly. So, you know, like I said, this is going to be a bare knuckles brawl, tables and chairs match, no holes bar, you know, last man stand, all your wrestling references. I'm, you know, it's the summer. I don't like any sports being played right now. So I watch a lot of wrestling. So yeah, we're getting ready for SummerSlam in Detroit. I'll be, I'll be front row ringside, ready to rock and roll. Oh boy. Well, it's, it's been great to see you. Hey, we missed I you. I've, I've missed you guys. I, I know the life of a mover and shaker, you got to keep moving and shaking. But on a day like today, uh, you know, it, it's great to, to hear from you. We, we've missed hey. you. I've missed you. I'm happy to be back. Hope I can, can join again soon. I think we'll it might have... be next week. You might hey. be here next week, Dan. I know. This might be a recurring thing if uh, if my guy my guy by keeps uh keeps doing his thing you know he's he's got them he's got them no lace shoes on you never know what he's gonna do you're, you're gonna have to talk about uh to to the people at whatever fine establishment you're at in vegas about the internet connection <laughs> still still bad still yeah, bad? A, you, know. Uh, you know damn cheapskates can never you know, <laughs> pay for some pay for some decent damn internet for god's sakes all right, Dan. Well, if you hear from Dave, uh, let him know that we're going to move on, and uh, we'll we'll get back to conversation. I will. I will. I'll, I'll see. I'll see him soon. We've got a we've got a couple uh, a couple meetings, a couple situations we've got to uh, take care of. All right. Well, we appreciate your presence, sir. It's always a blessing. We'll talk right, to you. Thank very you. Soon. Give give my best to the rest of the crew, uh, Brent, Mr. Royer, Aaron. You know, Keegan, all the all the guys, tell them I love them. See them soon. Football season, less than 40 days, ready to roll. And next time you're in town, Ruby's on you. Oh, oh, well, of course, of course. I mean, we, we just did this damn Colorado deal. I, I got hundreds falling out of my pockets. <laughs> Bye, Dan. See you guys. There you go. Dan Simon, conference realignment expert, the mover and the shaker. He knows where the bodies are, are buried. He, he knows exactly how to uh, make things happen. So uh, it was good to hear from him. D Dave, you're back. Hey, you, missed, uh, you missed him. I had a I had to attend a, an important uh, family call. So sorry. What did I what did it's I miss? Okay. Uh, Dan stopped by. Oh, Dan, man, been mean. We've been playing phone tag. I, I can never track that guy down. He's he's elusive. He popped in. He was very excited about uh, about things. He said something about the Colorado deal and hundreds falling out of his pocket. Uh, and, you, never, uh, you never know with that guy. <laughs> Probably on his way to Spearmint Rhino right now. <laughs> All right. Do you have anything else on realignment you want to touch on tonight? <laughs> um, no, I think we probably covered it because I feel like uh, we're not going to – you be long without having to talk about it again. <laughs> yeah, I agree, Chris. It's really unfortunate. Dave's all Dave always has to like he's got and him and Dan just never it, you know, outside of when they're on their trips and having their fun, but when it comes to uh 
the BCJ pod. We can never seem to have them link up, but I know. soon, soon, Chris, we'll figure it out one of these days. It's unfortunate. He's, he's a he's a tough guy to he's a tough guy to really get a Pin hold down. Of. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's why he's an, that's why he's an expert. Yeah, I mean, you, you got to be a mover and a shaker if you're going to move her and shake her. Uh, but that's going to wrap up the the <laughs> the Big Twelve segment, uh, the Big Twelve realignment segment that, that uh, is going to be ongoing here for the very near future. There's a new realignment thread on Bearcat Journal. Let's see if we can get that one to a million. Uh, but that segment was brought to you again by our good friends at Turtles Brew. That's with an S. Turtlesbrew.com. It's a six percent ABV. It's got zero sugar, zero carbs. It's gluten free. It's bourbon infused sweet tea. Do you like bourbon? Yes, I like bourbon. Do you like sweet tea? Yes, I love sweet tea. Well, then Turtles Brew is exactly the kind of drink you're looking for. They've got cherry lime, raspberry peach, orange vanilla. 50 locations in greater Cincinnati. Go to turtlesbrew.com for more information and locations. And remember, a portion of the proceeds go to save the sea turtles. They are now in Cincinnati, in Toledo, and expanding in central Ohio. All right, let's... uh, you want you want to do a little TBT before we get out of here, Dave? What? Yeah. What, we we've talked a lot about it here because it's been uh, it's been topical. Give me the uh, the Dave Simone rundown of of your TBT experience uh, this past week. Well, I mean, it's certainly been enjoyable. I, I didn't know there were buy games in the TBT. First off, um, but I, I you know something you know something I was thinking about, and you can. You can tell me because I don't really follow it. I don't know the other teams and things of that nature. Like this UC team, UC centric team, obviously Jared and Jake playing it the way they have been um, is a, is a huge massive reason why they've been successful. But I wonder how much of their success is based on the, the fact that like you have very simple defined roles on this team with guys who are used to playing those roles. You have Troy, who is the point guard, who is used to playing point guard. You have Jared and Jake, who are the scorers that are used to being the scorers. You have the bigs and the wings who are used to being the complementary pieces. I wonder how the, these other teams, how many of them are composed that way or is it more of like a let's get the best guys we can get and kind of figure out what everybody's going to do type situation? And it allows this, it has allowed this UC team to kind of gel quicker to probably run a bunch of stuff that they all ran when they were either together or they know. Actually, you want to know uh, an interesting part about that? I talked to Cash about this on radio yesterday. And he said, because I, I noticed some stuff that looked like some stuff similar to what they ran when Mick was was here with variations. When I asked Cash, he said, what we're doing defensively is everything I learned from Mick. What we're doing offensively, I had a coach when I was over in Europe. I think he said he ran the, the Belgian national team that was like an offensive genius. 
And he said, almost everything I'm running on offense comes from this guy that I played for overseas that taught me like how to really execute like a, an open spread offense where, where it emphasizes your scoring wings and allows them to have space and to get downhill and to, to play. Um, so yeah, that they're not actually running a bunch of stuff. I thought they were, I was wrong. They're not actually running a bunch of stuff that they're just recycling from mixed tenure. Cash has actually installed his own offense. That's fucking impressive. Yes, very much so. He's not playing. Like, it's one thing if you were playing and you're like, this is what I want to do. No, he's as the head coach. He's like, here's our offense. And it's been Jake and Jaron are the two top scorers in the entire TBT. Yeah. I mean, Jaron's averaging like 25 and 26 a game. He can't be stopped. They can't stay in front of him. They can't contain him when he gets downhill. When they load up and try to stop him from driving, he just steps back and shoots a three or passes across court to Jake. Like, it's been – it was a lot of fun to watch. Keegan was giving me shit because basically every – like, so I had at Radio Friday um, a bunch of stuff, family stuff, and, and the kid on Saturday. And then Monday I had radio again. And each day I was like, man, I'm going to try to get down there, but, like, it doesn't look good. Like, I got a lot of shit going on. And every game, he would look behind himself, and there I was. And he's like, you keep telling me you're not coming. I'm like, man, this is getting fun. Like, one Saturday, how could you not go to the, oh, yeah. to the shootout, to the summer shootout, if you if you had a chance to go? I hate going in that place. It makes my skin crawl. But I went. Thank God I did. Turned out marvelous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It was like, do you, do you do you think what I said is valid, or do yeah, all the, I mean, do I, all, I do all the is... teams kind of have the same no. co- composition that the UC team does? No, I think I can't remember who it was. It might have been Carrie. Somebody made a great point where, like, uh, the money team didn't have Jimmer. Like that's Jimmer for that team, right? And he kind of retired or, or isn't playing anymore. But, like, they had a lot of good players. And they had a couple, like, higher-level guys, but they didn't have the role players. And then X was just out of shape. Like, it, it was weird. Like, those – when you watch this tournament, it looks like a bunch of guys that are playing professionally that have come over here for, like, a one-time thing. I, I, I Some of the X guys are playing over in Europe, but they just didn't look like – guys that were playing basketball for a living. Yeah, I did not I was we were driving uh back from Florida, so I did not really I was kind of I was trying to listen, but I didn't really get to watch um that one. I, I watched a lot of the one um the other night. And I you know, I was looking up I was you know, like to look up the rosters and see who's playing for these teams. And the team they played this past game, they had a ton of size. Um so I was I was concerned in, in that regard, but it proved that they, you know, they couldn't shoot, or at least they couldn't that game because they had been um, you know, the top scoring team in the whole tournament in their first two games. But, you know, like you said with Jaron, like, I just don't think, and he knows it, like, these guys aren't going to just truly sit down and guard him. No. He knows that if, 
if you're going to step off me, I'm going to shoot a three. And if you're going to try to guard me, I'm going to just go through your chest because I know you are not the elite athlete that you once were, and you're not going to be able to stay in front of me. And I'm either going to go by you or you're going to foul me. I mean, uh, talking to the guys, they said Jaron told them before the game on Friday, I'm going to the rim. I might get a charge or two. Like, you know, I might, there might be a turnover. I might not make every layup, but I'm going to the rim. They're going to have to stop me. And when he does that, he's as good at that as anybody at that, you know, is he an NBA, NBA type guy? Maybe, but maybe not. But when in that setting, when he gets his shoulders downhill and gets past you or gets even with you, there's nothing you can do. The, the program for autism team, they just didn't have a dude. Like, they had a bunch of really good players. Right. But, and, and Jacobin Brown, like, I was always, I, I like Jacobin Brown a lot. But he's not as good as Jake and Jaron. So every one of those three games, Cincinnati had the best two players on the floor. And you know what, Dave? I'm not the smartest guy in the world. But in basketball, when there's five guys on the floor, if you have the two best players on the floor, your chances of winning go up. You have you have a pretty good shot. I, I you know, again, I have not seen nearly as much as as you and a lot of other people, but I do you know I do have to say that the stuff that I've watched on the offensive end, I've been pretty impressed because I envisioned in these types of situations, you just get a ton of ice. Yeah. You just get a ton of ISO ball or, or or transition. And they have been, they've been organized. They have not turned the ball. Yeah. They turned the ball over, but I mean like not at a high clip or anything. Now I do need to, we need to talk to coach cash. He he needs to get them shooting some free throws when they're tired. (laughs) Yeah. Because yeah, free throws uh, tired have been a problem. They should have, they could have won that game by forty if they made some free throws. <laughs> I know. Well, I think some of that is also at times having the wrong guys at the free throw line, uh, and then like you know, generally, um, Dew is a pretty good free throw shooter. He didn't shoot them well that night. No, Troy missed missed both on yeah, at least on yeah, one. He missed trip. three of four towards the end. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, how about Marquez Letcher Ellis? Like, like is that, that not the most Mick Cronin player? That I mean, yeah. They, at one point, created? I think I tweeted out like at one point they had fourteen offensive rebounds, seven blocks. Like, yeah. I mean, if you're coming in, like coming into the paint, you're you're, you're you better come strong. Like they're not just giving up layups to get the you know to get the ball back to go shoot a three. No. But no, it's it's been fun. We're taking the whole crew is going to to UD Monday. Uh huh. So yeah, I'm thinking I, I've, I've got to figure out. I'm hoping I'm not bad luck. You know, show up, lose type situation. So yeah. Um, I've got I, I've got my sit down with Satterfield Monday morning or Monday like late morning to preview uh to preview everything and then i believe the uh season opening press conference is tuesday 
oh, at eleven like thirty, like the pre-camp press conference. Yeah. With when does Sat camp actually start? Uh, camp starts Wednesday. There's a couple days at Nippert, and then they head out to higher ground. Okay, so like the second, probably like head out on the fourth or fifth. Yeah, something like that. Like they 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 do a couple days. You know how they they do those acclimation days. Yeah, those those fake days where you can only wear helmets. Yeah, they do those on campus, and then they head out to higher ground. Um, and then you know the the good news is, Dave, we, we it's business as usual. Every can almost every practice. I think there's two practices that are closed to the media, but almost every practice is uh, is open. So there will be practice yes. reports. Uh, I will be there. Keegan will be there. There will be written articles. There will be podcasts. There will be daily updates. Uh, we will have the most complete and comprehensive coverage that we've ever had coming from Camp Higher Ground this year. I'm excited. You don't have to tell me on, but do we have like a, we can talk about this later. Do we have a schedule as far as like. I do. I do. Days and times? Uh, tentatively. Uh, of course, everything on these, right. you know how that goes. Whether, whether we, have, we have a related. tentative, like this is the plan type schedule. Okay, cool. We will discuss offline. We will. Um, but yeah, I'm excited, man. I think it's gonna be uh, I think it's gonna be a great camp. Uh, I think I'm 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 looking forward. Look, I, I talked about this on the radio today. Like this Bengals camp that just started today reminds me a lot of 2021 Cincinnati Bearcats. Oh yeah. There are no questions. Like <laughs> you you know almost everything. Uh and the things that you don't know Aren't you're probably not gonna know until the game the, the bullets start flying. Like you're not gonna get those answers at camp. That's where we were in 2021. Remember the most exciting thing in 2021 we talked about was what uh uh, AP and Sauce did against each other every day. Yeah, like that was really the only like unknown. Like, okay, is is AP gonna get a couple touchdown catches in red zone on Sauce? Um, yeah. This Bearcats camp, we don't know shit. <laughs> like, we, it, it's all gonna play out right in front of us. We we think we think we have a a decent grasp on things, but. I, Ultimately, do we? we're going to find out. <laughs> no, I said we think we might have a decent grasp on things, but we're going to find out when we get to uh, higher ground, you know, starting the, the second week of August. So that that part is exciting. Absolutely. Ready to go. I mean, we are this what? This weekend, we are. A little over a month from the season. I mean, we're yeah. we're here, man. We're here. And now these big, shows. Big big thank you to TBT and Colorado for getting us through. Um, <laughs> we were struck. We were we were starting to limp to the finish line this week. Like it felt like we we like at, at, last week. We won't talk about the show last week, which was maybe the worst show we've ever done. Um, we we were we were worrying like what are we gonna do and now when we're here next Wednesday we'll have a little practice under our belt we'll have uh, media days we'll have the BCJ exclusive 
uh, interview series with Scott Satterfield breaking down the roster. Like we're we're gonna be deep in the heart of football season this time next week. Oh yeah, I love it. I love it. All right, I don't have much else. Do you? Um, go a couple recruiting things. Touch on article on Travis Perry basketball. Yeah. Uh, put out today. What 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 do you what are your senses there? Um, it'll be interesting to see the the next round, like where he visits. I think Cincinnati's in a really good spot here. I think he visited uh, about a month ago that it left a really good impression on him. I, I know he spent a lot of time with CJ Frederick, who went to Iowa, went to Kentucky, and is now here and is able to was able to, you know, maybe give Travis a little perspective on that journey about leaving home and not that Travis Perry's from Cincinnati, but, or Northern Kentucky, but like leaving, you know, a place that might be the best fit to go seek out something different. Uh, so I know, you know, I, I like where they're at. The bluegrass is an always greener. Thanks Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, you know, I, I, I don't, I, I, I don't, I'm not in a position to say, I think Cincinnati leads, but I think Cincinnati has done a really good job recruiting Travis Perry. So, uh, we'll see as that kind of plays out into the fall. I'm, I'm fascinated about this Oklahoma game when I mean, it comes to 2024. Yeah, I don't know all the names, but like, it sounds like you've got some guys that are already setting up visits to Alabama and we know that. Jace Richardson has said that they're one of his, you know, top, what did he have, top eight? They're my main people. concern with Jace Richardson. I, no, like, okay, but if they're setting up, you know, if. if Boogie Flan is is a five-star, you would assume their number one point guard target if they get Boogie Flan. And I think, what, he's visiting the same weekend in Alabama that the Oklahoma the game Oklahoma is for game us? Here. Yeah. So, I mean, then you've got some, some wings and bigs and. It seems like you know much better than me. I don't. It seems like there there's maybe more guys that could theoretically really want to be Bearcats than are spots available. Yeah, I mean the beauty of of the way things go now is you could see a four person class that has most like all top fifty and higher type guys, or you could see a two person class where they just say. We got what we wanted. Maybe we missed on a guy or two, but we're we're gonna hit the portal for the rest. Um, when the spring hits, like it, it changes, it changes everything. Because if you miss, missing isn't a major like like blow now. Because you might go into the portal and get a kid that's more ready to help you that year, yeah. As opposed to a freshman that might you know be able to help a little bit that year and then more in the years to follow, but um, I, I think he's positioned things. I think Wes has positioned things really well to where, look, we're going to take big swings on high school kids. And if we don't get them, yeah, we'll get, we'll get a couple. We'll, we'll be in that range where we're going to get two, three top 75 players pretty much every year. And then we'll backfill as necessary. And uh, maybe every once in a while we hit one of those, three, four person classes where you get a, a five star and then the guys that go with them. So 
Um, it's going to be fun. I'm excited. And then uh, on the football side, they had a – do, do you want to call it a camp? I mean, did anybody actually, like, camp? I know the quarterback – No, they did have a camp today, this afternoon. I know Keegan was there. I, I haven't it? had the chance to talk to him yet. 2025 um, quarterback that I guess truly did camp earned an offer. Um, okay. Another 2025 um, edge from Ohio – uh, earned an offer, but uh, I guess what the three main 2024 guys that were there were um, Taft, local defensive back Quentin Price, Stephen Souls from defensive end from Pal Tennessee, and then I can't, I don't, I don't even know how to pronounce this kid's name, Javanch Marceline, maybe another defensive lineman from Florida. Committed to Florida Atlantic. I put some thoughts on them on the board. Um, some insane stats with the two defensive ends. I don't know if you had the chance to see the the, the FIU commit. Yeah, I, yeah, I did. I, I think those are just guys that don't fit the the traditional like. Right, uh, they're they're short. They're six yeah. foot six one. Uh, you know the the FIU commit had. 32 tackles for loss, 48 quarterback hits, and 18 sacks last year. Right. Um, so I watched all their tapes, put some couple of quick thoughts. Um, Quentin Price did send out a tweet tonight saying that he has a big announcement soon. You know, read, in, read into that what you will. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I think we thought that – Things are going to be quiet for the rest of the summer. There might be a couple fireworks left. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Oh, hello, pickle. Pickle. What the, where the show. hell have you been, pickle? I we know. haven't seen you in like a month. I think it's feel like she it's got, been longer than that. She got bored with the pot. Like she just like she you know she reached a level of stardom that she was just like eh. Yeah, she's tired of us. Yeah, just like it. It used to be you turned the camera on. Pickle was there. I know. Now, now she's got better things to do. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want more on all the recruiting stuff, BearcatJournal.com, you know where to find us. And uh, like I said, we are going to have the best month of coverage leading up to the season that we've ever had. So I'm excited about that. I think it's, I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And do you want to do you want to make the announcement? Oh like, yeah, I do. I shit, we almost forgot. We're you know bearing in at the very end, but I did um, I did tweet it out earlier as some fun news. We are officially coming back this year with the second season of the Bearcat Brunch, the Sunday morning following every game. Jeff will be coming back as uh, my co-host. And Royal Lynx Golf Tours is back as the sponsor. So huge thanks to Jeff and Hayden. Hayden will be joining us on the season kickoff show. We've already, you know, worked that out. He, he already asked for the dates. Uh, so you can put that in his calendar. That will be whatever that Sunday is before the first game. We'll kind of dive into the season dive into the season from a national standpoint and then he will join us on uh, whenever the last show is so hayden will be on twice 
huge thanks to Jeff and and those guys for uh, coming back this year and super excited to uh, to be be doing the brunch again. I also have I, I can't I can't spill all the beans yet, Dave. But that uh, that one show that we like to have that covers all of Cincinnati sports uh, on the network. We're going to have something new. Hopefully we are finalizing a deal with one of the biggest names in the history of Cincinnati sports media is going to join the network and be a part of our, uh, our show that covers Reds, Bengals, Bearcats, uh, a little bit of everything. We're not across the finish line quite yet. So I can't say too much. But the finish line is in sight. And if we get that done, and then there's potentially another podcast I've, I've, I've got percolating as well. So that way the Tuesday and Thursday slots will be full. Too much you'll content. Have, you'll have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then Sunday. Uh, Sunday, and then the nightcap sprinkled in all the other times. Oh boy. Oh boy. It's going to be, it's going to be a great, great season. And then, uh, you know, we, we've got a big 12 correspondent that we're working into the mix. We got Keegan involved a little bit more. It'll be a great season as long as we don't go two and 10. <laughs> yeah. We'll we're still going to have fun. We'll be drinking uh, Bloody Marys and, and screwdrivers on the brunch. No. If we're talking about five losses we'll in a row or something. We'll be doing Turtles Brew with two shots of bourbon. <laughs> so it's coming. I'm excited. We're going to have an, an awesome season, and it's almost here. We, we are almost there. So uh, thanks to our Baylor guest. I don't want to screw up his name. Do you remember how to say it? Grayson. Grayson. Yeah, just Grayson. Sikkim 365. Yeah. Thanks to Dan. Always good to hear from Dan. Dan, what a guy. Good to hear from Aaron. Aaron had hope, a, lot, hope, a lot to add tonight. I hope Dan can come to a game this year. That would be great. I'd love to see Dan. Maybe Dan can come to a, a Simone family tailgate. Now that would be something. Do uh, you think he'll like be seen in public? Uh, maybe at the Simone family tailgate. Maybe. I'd love to see how your, your mom and your aunts reacted to Dan showing up. Good enough jello shots in him. Who knows? <laughs> All right. That's, uh, that's, we went from, look, we went from or, one of our worst shows ever. To or enough, enough, uh, enough Cincy lights. Yeah. Enough Cincy Ryan, lights. Ryan Geist, what, reach what out. Simon's going to do. Um, we went from one of our worst shows ever to one of our best. So you never know with this show. It, it, it could be an unmitigated disaster. Or it could be super entertaining and a ton of laughs all the way through. Uh, but that's going to wrap it up. Thanks to everybody that joined us. We'll see you next time. It's the BCJ Podcast. Brought to you by the Holy Grail. Right here on Bearcat Journal.